Welcome to our second session on the Beatitudes. Today we are talking about the first of the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, verse 3, where Jesus says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, the Beatitudes uh, tell us not only who is blessed, but more specifically, who is going to inherit the kingdom. And this first beatitude in particular is especially significant because it is not only the gateway to the rest of the beatitudes and not only the gateway to the Sermon on the Mount, but this is the foundational uh, statement of Jesus about who inherits the kingdom here in this sermon. And, of course, what Jesus says here about who inherits the kingdom fits with all the other things Jesus says on that topic throughout his teaching uh, in all of the Gospels and uh, also helps us understand um, what Jesus is saying in many of his other statements, parables, and teachings, and so on. So let's look together at this first of the Beatitudes in Matthew 5.3. Again, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, who are the poor in spirit? That's the key phrase in this verse that's different from the other Beatitudes. Remember, we noticed that um, there's a lot of repetition in the Beatitudes, and uh, the first Beatitude speaks of those who will inherit the kingdom. The last beatitude in, uh, speaks of those who will inherit the kingdom. All the beatitudes start with this phrase, blessed. That's where they get their name. Um, and so in the middle, though, there's this term that changes. And there's some other things that change in the other ones as well, as we'll notice as we go on. But this uh, term, the poor in spirit, is uh, significant. We need to know who are the poor in spirit. Do we think that in order to inherit the kingdom, we need to be spiritually rich, so to speak? We need to be uh, people who have our act together. We need to be people who are upright and decent with no major flaws. And, uh, you know, people think that they need to clean their lives up before they can come to God or before they can go to church or things like that. But right out of the gate in this sermon, Jesus tells us that we've got it wrong. Our instincts, our assumptions on this point are wrong. The people who inherit the kingdom of God, the people who are welcomed into God's uh, eternal saving reign, they are not the people who have attempted to get their act together and who think that they don't have any major flaws. Instead, the people who inherit the kingdom are those who are spiritually poor and those who recognize that they are spiritually poor. The poor in spirit know that they don't have a thing to offer God that would impress him. Those who are spiritually poor are like those who are materially poor, right? We know what it means to be materially poor. It means you don't have a lot of money. You don't have a lot of possessions. The spiritually poor don't have a lot of spiritual resources or spiritual accomplishments or or things that uh, from their spiritual life, so to speak, that they could uh, use to commend themselves to God. They're, they're poor, right? They don't have any of those things. They recognize that they lack spiritual resources, they lack an impressive spiritual resume. 
So while some might think that those who are spiritually poor would be those who are left out of the kingdom and who would suffer under the curse of God as a result, instead Jesus says those are the people who are going to receive the blessing. Those are the people who are going to inherit the kingdom. Why? Why is it that the poor in spirit are blessed? Why is it that the poor in spirit inherit the kingdom of God when that is so contrary to what we would assume on our own? Well, the answer to that question is near to hand. It may even be just across the page, depending on how your Bible is laid out. It's across the page for me, or on the next column of the page for me. In Matthew 4, verse 17, uh, Matthew tells us what Jesus began to preach when he started his public ministry. And he says, from that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So Jesus is God in the flesh. He is the king. He's the son of David come to sit on David's throne because he has come to the earth. He has brought the kingdom of God near. The kingdom of God is at hand because Jesus, the king, is at hand. And Jesus, as he preaches this good news, right later it says, um, he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel. That word means good news. Proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Right, so as he preaches this good news that the kingdom of heaven is near, is at hand, what does he tell people their response ought to be? They ought to repent. The kingdom of God is near, so you need to repent. What kind of people repent when they hear the kingdom of God is at hand? Those who realize they're poor in spirit. Those who recognize they don't have anything to offer God. There's no reason why God should welcome them into his kingdom. Those kind of people, if they want to be in the kingdom and they recognize they don't deserve to be in the kingdom, when they hear that the kingdom is at hand, they're going to repent. They're going to confess their sin. They're going to turn to God and ask for mercy. On the other hand, those who are blind to their spiritual poverty, those who think that they are spiritually rich, those who think that they are righteous, those who think they are the obvious heirs of the kingdom. And if you are familiar with the Gospels, you know there's a cast of characters in here who fit that description. The Pharisees thought they were the obvious heirs of the kingdom. They thought that they were righteous. But people like that do not repent when they hear Jesus' message, and therefore they miss the kingdom. People who remain spiritually blind, who remain uh, impressed with themselves, who think that they deserve to inherit the kingdom, who think that they are the good guys, those people don't repent when Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so they miss the kingdom and they miss the blessing. But those who are poor in spirit, those who recognize they are sinners before God, when they hear the good news, they repent. Now, we get a parable that sort of plays this out for us in the Gospel of Luke chapter 18. In, in Luke 18, <clears throat> verses 9 to 14, we have this parable that we call the, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And the tax collector is poor in spirit, and the Pharisee is blind to his spiritual poverty, though just about anybody who reads the parable can see it. 
Right, here's what Jesus says. It says, He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Here's what Jesus said. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So the Pharisee thought that he was righteous. He thought God would be impressed with all of his good deeds, with the fact that he wasn't a uh, tax collector, that he wasn't an extortioner, that he wasn't an adulterer, that he wasn't unjust. He wasn't like other men. He was special. He was different, so he thought. The tax collector, meanwhile, he knew he didn't deserve to be in God's presence. He knew he needed God's mercy. He wouldn't even lift up his eyes to God, but beat his breast and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus says that it was the tax collector who went home justified, who went home right with God, and not the Pharisee. Which is another way of saying that the tax collector was blessed and the Pharisee was not. It's a way of pointing to the fact that it will be the tax collector who inherits the kingdom of God and not the Pharisee, unless he too repents, unless he too cries out for mercy. So the poor in spirit are those who recognize their sinfulness, their neediness, their poverty before God, and who repent. And because of that, they are blessed. So if you know that you are spiritually poor, Jesus has good news for you. There is blessing for you. If you will repent, you will inherit the kingdom. You will have your sins forgiven. You will be made rich, spiritually speaking, by God, who will pour out every spiritual blessing upon you, as Ephesians 1.3 talks about. All of this, of course, is assuming that you repent of your sins and you follow through what the rest of the Beatitudes describe happens to those who are spiritually poor and who turn from their sin and who trust in Christ. And we'll look at those as we continue through uh, the Beatitudes, Lord willing. But for now, I want you to rest in this promise from the Old Testament that just goes perfectly with what Jesus is saying here. Psalm 34 verse 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, Jesus says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Amen.